الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الانسان انك كادح الى ربك كدحا فملاقيه وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم انما انا لكم بمنزله الوالد اعلمكم او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters this is the great fazl and karam of allah tbaraka wa taala that we are from time to time able to remind ourselves of what is our purpose our object of being in this dunya why have we come here where are we headed to and what are we supposed to do in the interim if a person is at a station at an airport and somebody asks him that what have you come here for so if he says that i am just here i don't know why then they might want to make an emergency appointment on behalf of that person the emergency appointment where it will be made is quite obvious they would want to take the person to a psychiatric uh ward this person is at the airport at the station the person says he doesn't know why he is there the person is at the station then he is looking at the board when is the train going to leave person is at the airport likewise is looking when is the flight is going to leave what time it is there he knows where he is taking the flight to what is the destination so he is aware of this and now he is fulfilling whatever the necessities are at the airport if he is hungry he is going to eat something he needs to wash himself he'll go and wash himself he needs to rest sometimes he'll even sleep at the airport he will maybe walk around to freshen himself whatever he will do what the necessary is it'll be the time for salah obviously he will perform his salah so all these things he will do at the airport but he is all the time conscious that at any time will be the moment when i will have to start boarding the flight and then i will be on my way to my destination so the person who is at the airport but does not know that he is there to take to board a flight to move on to the destination people regard him as something wrong with him so likewise this dunya we are in the waiting room like a person is in the lounge of the airport at the station the dunya is a similar place it is a waiting room and it is not the destination for anybody rather we are headed to our destination the difference is that in the airport at the station there is a board that tells a person what time the flight will come what time the flight will depart what time the train will leave though sometimes even in that there is some delay one person was standing in india at the platform and he was waiting for the train and it's a normal story that the trains are delayed so he was waiting for the 10 o'clock train 
and it was a very uh, clear, obvious train, which train is waiting for the name, etc. So as he was waiting there at the platform, at quarter to ten, fifteen minutes before time, he sees the train coming into the station. So he was astounded. It's the same train that he's waiting for. The particular name, the color, everything is the same. So he knows it's definitely the same train he's waiting for. And it is coming in 15 minutes before time. This is like a karamat. Trains are always delayed. And this came before time. So he was elated. He said, Subhanallah, you'll all keep complaining for nothing. You'll say that everything is delayed. Look at this. This came 15 minutes before time. So somebody tapped him and said, this is yesterday's 10 o'clock train. It's only coming in today at quarter to ten. It's almost 24 hours late. So in any case, the point is that in the dunya, number one, there is a time that is fixed also. Then that also gets delayed. That also sometimes runs late. The difference in the waiting room of the dunya is, uh, the waiting room of this world where we are headed to another destination, we don't know when the flight will arrive. Number two, we don't have any choice when it does arrive. Sometimes at the airport, the flight has come, the person is at the airport, he's got all his luggage, whatever else, and then at the last minute something, some phone call comes, whatever, he cancels all his plans, and he says, no, I'm not going, I'm going back home. <coughs> so in the dunya all this happens, that a person sometimes even cancels his flight at the 11th hour and goes away. In the flight of the Akhirat, number one, the person doesn't know when the flight is going to arrive to pick him up. And number two, when it does come, the flight of Malakul Maut, the person doesn't have a choice whether he wants to go or cancel. He doesn't even have the time to even negotiate anything. When the flight has come, he is on board, whether he likes it or not, whether he wants to or not, whether he is ready or not, whether he has prepared himself or not. He has his luggage or not. He wants to still sign one document. Whether he wants to still give some gift. Whether he still wants to make some toba. Whether he still wants to perform some qaza namaz. He still wants to say, I want to erase everything from my phone. I want to uh, delete all the contacts. I want to tell the people, please, whatever pictures I send, please delete it. I'm on my way out now. So don't keep any of these things. Those letters that I got hidden somewhere, I want to go and tear it up. I want to go and remove some things that I had put away somewhere in the corner that I'll read it tomorrow, but now I'm going. So I want to go and take that away. I want to go and delete some things that I've got on my computer. So all these things the person wants to do now, but the flight has come. It came without announcement. And the person is on the flight whether he likes it or not. And he's gone. And this happens to people of all ages. It happens to people in the midst of their teens. It happens to people who are totally healthy who are fit, who have plans for the next 25, 30, 50, 70 years, 100 years, and suddenly they are gone in a moment. So, this is what our reality is, that we are here in a waiting room, and we are headed towards the Akhirat. And this Akhirat is certainly going to come, we have no choice in this matter. Allah Ta'ala says this in the Quran Sharif, Ya ayyuhal insan, O insan, that you are making this effort to move towards your Rabb, you are certainly going to meet Him. You are going to meet your Rabb. And when you get there, Jaisi Karni, Vaisi Barni, 
In Urdu, this is a saying. Jaisi karni, vaisi barni. Whatever you do, accordingly you are going to reap. What kind of seeds you plant, that kind of crop you are going to reap. Jaisi karni, vaisi barni. Na man to marke de, na man to karke dek. If you don't believe this, you say, no, no, you can do some things and get away with it. You're not going to face the consequences of your actions. Then do it. Do it and then see for yourself. Jaisi karni, vaisi barni, na man to karke dek. Jannat bhi hai, jahannam bhi hai, na man to marke dek. That there's the reality of jannat and there's the reality of jahannam. But somebody says, Nauzubillah, this is fairy tales. Somebody says that I don't believe it. Somebody says, well, it's there, but you know, this is a probably overplayed. If you don't believe it, or a person feels it's fairy tales, or he feels it's overplayed, or it's exaggerated, then wait. When that comes, you will see for yourself. So everything will become clear then. Then it will be as clear as daylight. There is no then second chance. So now we are in this reality. We are in this waiting room. We are going to move ahead. So we have to prepare for that. In this insan's life, there are various phases. One phase is before the person is born, before the child is born. The child is in the womb of the mother. Nine months pass in this manner. Then the child is born. When the child is born, Allama Iqbal, he gives this in a little couplet. The meaning of it is, that when the child is born, he comes in a time when everybody is happy, smiling, laughing, everybody is rejoicing, and the child comes crying. So the child comes crying, and the child feels that I have been now brought into some place which I don't know where I'm, why I have been brought here. I was safe and secure where I was. So this has been a great injustice done to me. This is a figurative way of expressing something. No child perhaps thinks of anything at that time. But the child, when the child is born, the first phase of the child's life thereafter, is the child is completely helpless. Doesn't have the ability to even turn from one side to the other. The child can't feed itself, can't clean itself, can't do anything for itself, the only thing the child can do at that time is cry. If he's hungry, he'll cry. He is thirsty, he will cry. He needs to be cleaned, he will cry. He needs to, he is sick, he will cry. Anything, he needs to be, uh, he's feeling too hot, he will cry. He's feeling cold, he will cry. Whatever it is, that's the only thing he has. And with that crying, Everything is done for the child. This too is something for us to learn a lesson from. That the child, at that stage of his life, he needs the help of his parents, he needs the help of people around him. So what he does, he cries. When he cries, people turn to him, the mother turns, the mother works it out immediately, that the child is now hungry, or the child needs to be cleaned, or the child something else is a problem. So immediately the mother's attention comes to the child when the child cries. And the child has this weapon. Does everything. And this is such a powerful weapon that the child can bring the whole house to attention with this weapon. Nobody else will sleep because this child is crying. 
So in any case, the child gets all its work done by crying. Then as life goes on, slowly the child starts crawling. The child doesn't know how to speak initially. Now it learns how to speak. Then it can start walking. Then it can start talking. And then all the other things the child starts growing up and doing. But as he starts growing up and starts doing all the things that he could not do initially. Now he can eat on himself. He can drink on his own. He can wear his own clothes. He can clean himself. He can then work and earn for himself. Whatever he couldn't do at all in his baby, as being a baby and being a little child, he can do all these things. Now he can forget crawling, he can walk, he can run, he can jump, everything he can do. And as time goes, when he can do more and more things, the one thing that he forgets and does less and less is cry. But to now be sitting and crying all the time, he wants something, he wants food, so he comes and sits at the table and he starts crying. He is feeling cold, so he sits and starts crying. They'll put him also in the mad hospital. That you got a mouth to talk now. So if you're hungry, you will ask, that, can I have something to eat please? If you are ill, you will say this is paining. So now is not the time to cry for these things to your parents, to people around you. You will speak. Yes, sometimes a person is overwhelmed with grief or some pain then that is understood, that's human nature, that is something involuntary, that is something that a person is crying involuntarily. But the voluntary crying for people, that stops. But that is something which must never stop in terms of crying to get our things done, but now to cry to Allah Ta'ala. In the childhood days, we cried for people's attention. And we got our work done. We got everything done. We got the biggest problem solved for us. The child was sick, so he kept on crying. He made everybody stay awake the whole night. And they all attended to the child, taking turns to attend to him. He needed that attention, he cried, and he got the attention. And he kept everybody at their toes. So when the time came, now that the person is able to do many things for himself, do whatever he needed for himself, we stopped crying in front of Allah Ta'ala. Whereas our work will get done when Allah Ta'ala wills. Our problems will get solved when Allah Ta'ala solves it for us. And for that we have to learn to cry to Allah Ta'ala as well. And we have to make this a part of our daily routine. That we cry to Allah Ta'ala for His help, for His assistance, for His nusrat and assistance in every aspect of our life. For our deen obviously, that we become His obedient servants, for our dunya also. We ask all our dunya needs also, cry to Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, this is that one phase that passes through a person's life, the childhood days. Then comes from the childhood days, the person has grown, and now comes the days of young life, the teenage years. This time of one's life, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam describes this, that this Shabab, this youth, a Shababu Shu'batum Minal Junoon, that this youth is a branch of insanity. This youth is a branch of insanity. Somebody will say this is a very, very strange thing, and it's a very severe thing perhaps. What is insanity? Insanity is madness. And youth being a branch of madness, what does this mean? So let us think about it carefully. 
a mad person, what does a mad person do? How does he conduct himself? A mad person doesn't know or can't be bothered to know what is going to benefit him, what is going to harm him. He does what he wants. The mad person doesn't have the correct preferences and choices. He's mad. So, somebody offers him that, you see, you got this watch. Uh, he, somebody gave him a watch. A very expensive watch. Worth of several thousand rands. See, what's this stupid thing you got in your hand? Give me this. I'll give you this ice cream. I'll give you this food, whatever. Now they bought something, very the aroma. and the, Now he is hungry to start off with. Now that thing is worth hundred rands. And they are telling him, that you see, I'll give you this, give me the watch. He doesn't know, he's a mad person. He gives the watch away and he feels he made a bargain. And he had a very good meal. Now everybody looks at him and says he's mad. So the mad person doesn't have the ability to make the correct choices or cannot make the correct choices. He doesn't have the right preferences. He cannot see benefit from harm. He cannot distinguish where he's going to benefit himself, where he's going to harm himself. So he just goes headlong to whatever he desires. Somebody does a stupid thing, he is thrilled about it. He is fascinated. What a thing this person did. And somebody does something really worthwhile, it looks like, what this person did? Nothing. He is not impressed. It doesn't mean anything to him. Now all these things, we look at a mad person, we look at an insane person, and when he is doing all these things, performing in this manner, we just excuse him and say, well, he is insane. But now think about it in terms of youth. There would be obviously exceptions that people who have quickly realized that where they should be going, so then they don't become part of this. But generally, a person in the youth ages refuses to accept what is the wisdom of those who have passed through the stage of life one's parents, one's elders, one's teachers, others, who have gone through this phase of life, and they have understood and realized what kind of a phase this is, the person is not prepared to listen or accept. Like a mad person, the person's preferences are wrong. Like for now, for instance, in this recent past, there were several people who wrote, from wherever, sometimes some parents, others, so-and-so girl, she is only 13 years old or 14 years old or somebody is 15 years old, whatever. And she went to some music concert somewhere. And she flew down to go and attend one music concert. And now she has become the envy of her friends and colleagues. Now, look at the madness all around. The madness all around. Her madness that she regarded that as something worthwhile. People jumping up, up up and down like apes and that stupidity of that music and she felt that this is such a worthwhile thing that she spent money and in that situation, at that age, she went. And others are now fascinated. Others in her age group, others in her circles are fascinated that what a thing you managed to do and they are thrilled about it. Now, this is madness all around. One monkey was jumping and all the other monkeys were impressed. I apologize for saying it in this way, 
But I am just trying to impress the point that this is the reality unfortunately. That this western world and western lifestyle has started making everybody jump around like monkeys. And they are thinking that they are very very advanced. Whereas they are just jumping at the somebody's dangling something and making everybody else jump around and they don't even know what is happening. They can't even fathom where they are being taken and what destruction is being brought upon them. So now this youth becomes a kind of junoon, a kind of insanity, madness. Now, like a mad person, others are guiding, telling him, look, this year is going to harm you, this is going to be very detrimental for you. He says, no, but all the other people in the asylum, they told me this is the right thing to do. They are saying that this is a terrific thing to do. And I, you know, got to go back to the asylum tonight. When I go back to the asylum, and I'm going to tell them that, no, I didn't jump around like a monkey outside. So they're going to all then, going to tease me and mock me and tell me that, what is wrong with you, you? Now imagine, imagine in the asylum, they're going to tell him that you've gone mad. You are gone mad. Now who is saying this? All mad people are saying to another mad person. You are gone mad. So they are talking the truth. But they are thinking they are not mad. In Pakistan, there was a prime minister at one time. And one day, he is the prime minister. He went to visit the asylum as an inspection. So now the person who is the head of it, he is taking the prime minister along. Now who knows who is who there? As they say, who is who in the zoo? So this head of that asylum is taking the prime minister or whether it was the mayor or whoever, the prime minister. So in any case, uh, as they came along, one person was seated there, person who was admitted into the asylum. So the prime minister asked him that, who are you? So he gave his name, etc., whatever. So he asked the prime minister, who are you? So he said, well, I'm the prime minister of the country. So this person who was seated there, he said to him, don't worry, when I came, I also said the same thing first. Initially, I also used to keep saying the same thing. Don't worry, you'll also get cured. You'll also feel okay after a while. When they treat you, he thought another mad person came in, like him. And when he came in initially, he was also telling everybody, I'm the Prime Minister of Pakistan. So he thought another fellow like me came now. He's also talking. Any case, he'll get treated. Because this person probably got treated a while. So this is the situation. So in the madhouse, every mad person thinks that the other person is also like me. But he doesn't realize that he is sick, that person is sick too. So in any case now, imagine this mad person says, I'll go back to the asylum tonight, they all will mock me. So therefore I got to do this. As stupid as it may be, as detrimental and harmful as it may be, it will destroy my dunya, destroy my akhirat. But I got to go back to the asylum, and all the mad people there are going to laugh at me and mock me and then tell me, you didn't go to the concert? What's wrong with you? You stopped listening to music? What's wrong with you? You don't want, to watch, uh, don't want to be on the WhatsApp and you don't want to be on the BBM? Something wrong with you. They are telling you are gone mad. But where is this? This is people in the asylum are talking. This is unfortunately becomes a situation with many friends, colleagues, people who claim to be our friends. But they are friends who are either too ignorant to know what is friendship. Because they feel that friendship is that whatever we do, this person must do and this person must join us even if we are destroying ourselves, then this person must destroy herself also. So that is their concept of friendship. Either they are too ignorant to realize it or they are 
wolves in sheepskin. That they know that this person, they realize what is the harm going to come. I'm already destroying myself, but this person too must not get saved from the destruction. She must also get destroyed with me. So now if she's not going to get destroyed, I'm going to mock her, I'm going to tease her, I'm going to make her feel bad. So that she will feel that she must also do the wrong thing. So that she also then gets destroyed. Either they are too ignorant to realize what they are doing, or they are wolves in sheepskin that are deliberately trying to destroy the next person. Allah Ta'ala save us from such kind of friends who take us towards harm and take us towards haram. So this is the lesson that we have to understand that this world we've come, there are these phases. There was a time when we could do nothing. We got our work done by crying to Allah Ta'ala. To crying and people around did it. Now we've come to a phase where we do our own things. But we have come to a phase which is that phase of youth and it is a phase which is a kind of insanity. This is the branch of insanity, Nabi Islam is calling it. But a person who accepts the treatment, what is the treatment here? Like in that asylum, that one person came in saying that he is the Prime Minister, but then he accepted the treatment, so he came right a little bit. What is the treatment here in this asylum phase of a person's life? The treatment here is, to hand ourselves over to the decision of our seniors. To submit ourselves totally to their decision. And in this process, like that mad person sometimes, he is fighting, so they finally lock him up. They chain him to the bed. They lock him up into a straight jacket, they call it. person can't move into it. Now he wants to do many things, but they locked him up. He feels that he is being oppressed. But after a while, then they give him the correct medication, etc. Now he realizes that I was very ill and he is grateful to all those who did whatever they did for him, to those who locked him down, to those who subjected him to some kind of difficult things. But now he realizes that if this wasn't done for me, I would have been still in that mad state of life. So likewise, it seems like we are being chained, we are being locked down, we are being restricted, our freedom is being curtailed, our fun and enjoyment is being hampered, but later in life, you will realize the benefit of all this, when the correct values have been already learnt in the process, you have really made that investment in your life, you have earned the correct abilities, you have gained the correct things in life, now your life is very smooth, very happy, you can conduct yourself correctly, the correct values are in you, you are not shouting and screaming over every simple thing, making a huge din and cry over trivial matters, bringing the roof down in your married life on small, small little issues and shouting like the whole world has come to an end. These are unfortunately common stories. These are not things that are just, just by the way things or coincidental things, unfortunately these are common things that young girls get married who had no real terbiyat, they were not prepared to accept any kind of training, the parents didn't then take the step to put the training in place they wanted to live a free life, they wanted to chat with whoever they want to chat with they wanted to listen to whatever they want to listen 
They want to be involved in the music because some friend said something. Now that becomes a major thing. They want to be involved in all kinds of relationships. Now they're worried about this boy and who is here and who is there and finding out from this person about that boy and that person about that boy and finding out about from somebody about what your brother is doing and where he's going. Unfortunately, we get all these kinds of queries coming up from time to time, from all over the place, here and there and everywhere. This is all the handiwork of shaitan to take us towards destruction. What is the process is that we turn to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. All these things that come in the state of branch of insanity phase of life, this youth, these teenagers, so the many things are common in this phase of life, these kind of concerns, these kind of thoughts, and whatever else is happening outside, all this affects a person, but we have to understand that we go down this route, we are going to create disaster for ourselves. We want to get to start knowing who's who and who's where. This doesn't bring any kind of good for anyone. It has brought great amount of misery for people. But we fail to see the harm that is causing to others and take a lesson. We also want to get caught up in the same chakkar and same stories. And then we want to suffer the consequences also ourselves. This is a very, very disastrous thing that we will get ourselves involved in in all these things we need to number one recognize what is real friendship what is real friendship we need to recognize that inshallah maybe we will discuss this in more detail on coming uh, in the coming weeks but we need to recognize what is real friendship we have discussed all these things previously as well so this is not something new and nevertheless it is something that we have to keep discussing Recognize who are friends, who are really friends. A friend is the one who will take us to that which will benefit us. Which will benefit us in what? The greatest benefit is benefit of deen. Benefit of the akhirat. Because if life finishes off tonight, and this happens, many a times a person is here now, and just now the person is gone. One person told me just over the weekend, he was at some relative's place. This weekend had passed. He was at some relative's place. He was there and spoke to the person, everything. And then he uh, left after that. And then he realized he forgot something at that house. So just because he forgot something, he took a U-turn and came back. When he came back, suddenly he knocked on the door. They opened the door for him. That person who he just saw, met, everything... That person was in the last gasp, gasps of life. He just barely came in again and two, three minutes later that person passed away. He says it just was by chance that he had gone and took a U-turn to come back because he forgot something. And here he comes back, the same person is already in the last gasp, gasp of life and the person passed away. A few minutes later the person passed away. So this happens, it's a daily occurrence. These things are not fairy tales. These are realities. But there are those waswasas of shaitan, the shayateenul jinn, and the shayateenul ins, the agents of shaitan also. Those waswasas, those whisperings. Don't worry now, all these things will carry on. We are still young. We have to live life to the full. We have to enjoy ourselves. All these things will carry on. So now you want to become like one big dadima now. You don't want to have 
بی بی ایم بہت بڑی مصیبت دیل کیپ کالنگ مصیبت دس از فن مین ڈونٹ وری اباؤٹ آل دیز تھنگس اینڈ یو وانٹ ٹو بیکم لائک اے بگ رابیا بسری آف دا ٹائم اینڈ آل دیز کائنڈ آف نیگیٹو کومنٹس سم تھنگ از رانگ ود یو یو وانٹ ٹو اسٹاپ لسننگ ٹو میوزک امیجن سم تھنگ از رانگ دس از بین کال سم تھنگ از رانگ دیٹ ویری فیمس اسٹوری اباؤٹ ون پرسن وین ٹو لو ان سم رورل پلیس فار اوے ہی فاؤنڈ ون اسٹرینج تھنگ ہیپننگ دیر دیٹ ایوری بڈی ہیڈ دا ٹپس آف دیر نوز کٹ how stupid it looks deliberately they all cut their noses were cut but now he is the odd one out there his nose is normal so they are all nudging one another and looking at him and talking and commenting and passing remarks look at this fellow's nose so now one day two days he carried on listening to this comment look at his nose look at his nose so eventually he went and cut his nose why because he wanted to become in inverted commas in inverted commas he wanted to become normal he wanted to become in inverted commas normal that like how everybody else here has got their noses cut i also must have my nose cut then i will fit in and otherwise then i will look odd why i will look odd because i have a perfect nose because i have a perfect nose i will look odd now is this not insanity is this not madness This is the meaning of the Hadith Sharif Ash-shababu shu'batum min al-junoon That this is might be looking like an extreme example But that is physically a person deformed and disfigured himself Which is madness Just in order to look as part of the group That is madness But imagine how we disfigure and deform our hearts In order to be part of a group And that friendship becomes such a major thing in our life That if I am not part of this group Somebody is upset with me Because I don't want to do the wrong thing then my life has come to an end. Na'uzu billahi min zalik. We have to have the strength of character. We have to have this himmat and courage that if somebody doesn't want to befriend me because I don't want to do the wrong, then it doesn't matter. I am better off without such a friend. I am far better off without such a friend who does not want to be part of or doesn't want me to be part of that group simply because I don't want to do the wrong things. Jazakallah. It is very good that I am not part of that group. We should not become deterred by this. And somebody maybe got upset because we don't want to talk about some boys. No, we must be very grateful. You want to stay far away from me because I don't want to talk about boys? Jazakallah, you rather stay far from me. I am better off without you. We don't look down upon anyone. We don't think low of anyone. We make dua for them. But if you want me to be engaged in that kind of conversation, I am better off without you. Jazakallah. Make dua for the person. And thank the person also. Jazakallah for your consideration that you don't want me to be part of doing the wrong now. You're saying that, fine, you, I'd rather stay away from the wrong. Jazakallah. So, we should not become perturbed by these things. These are trivial things. These are futile things. And if we become perturbed by this, then we're also wanting to be part of that group of insanity. We also want to become part of that group that where the person has to go back in the asylum at night and the other mad people are going to laugh. So, we will go into the asylum if we have to, but we will go as sane people. And we will go there to assist the insane. We will go there to try and make dua for the insane. But we won't look down upon them. They are not realizing what they are doing. We don't know what is the end result of ourselves or others. So, we can't ever regard ourselves as better than anyone. But we won't get involved in the wrong. We won't become swayed by whatever others are doing. 
we will look at what is our benefit. We will look at what is the good thing to do. What is the right thing to do. And, as we mentioned previously, that this is that phase of life which is a kind of insanity. In a state of insanity, the person doesn't look ahead. And this is the same thing in terms of youth, that we generally only look for the moment. Our parents have seen the phase of life. They have had that experience of what is the difficulties, what is the dangers, what is the challenges. So now they are going to advise us accordingly. Our muallimas have had the wisdom to know what is going on and where our detriment is going to be. So they will advise us. Other elders and seniors will advise us. Our good is that we now listen to this advice correct, carefully. We take it wholeheartedly. We realize that this is our benefit. This is what is going to protect us and, guide, and save us from all the harm. So this is what is required of us to come out of that, step away from that group of insanity and submit ourselves to the decision of our elders, to the decision of our seniors and take their guidance. Take their guidance and this will open the way forward. And then we won't have all the kind of situations that we unfortunately face. And the very important lesson that we had here is that we need to recognize who are our friends. Who is a friend in reality? Or is it a person who is a wolf in sheepskin? It might be anyone somewhere out there in the world. The person is saying, I am your very good friend. It might be some neighbor, some relative. It might be some ex-school friend or whoever, whatever. We need to recognize in reality who are our friends, those who take us towards our benefit in the akhirat and in dunya. They are our true friends. And those who want to harm us or take us to that which will harm us with all kinds of glittering and glamorous expressions and all many things are very, very glittery and very, very attractive. How many snakes are extremely attractive? That snake, sometimes it's, it's, you can just be amazed at the colors on it and how it slithers and what kind of... Uh, you know, it's so attractive. But that attractive snake is poisonous. And it has very, very severe poison. And sometimes when it will bite, then it will be too late now to cry. So don't get caught up by the attractive snake. That attractive snake is very dangerous for us. We need to realize where we are going, where we are heading. We have come in this dunya, we are in this waiting room, we are headed for the akhirat. Let us prepare for that. We could be boarding that flight without our choice any moment. Let us be ready for that flight of the akhirat. And in this way we will gain the everlasting happiness and peace. May Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala guide us all. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين